0: And now, as we begin to look into the New Testament for today's reading, our narrative will come from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 25 through 40. Paul saw the impending persecution that the Roman government would soon bring upon Christians. He gave this practical advice because being unmarried would mean less suffering and more freedom to throw one's life into the cause of Christ, even to the point of fearlessly dying for Him. Paul's advice reveals his single-minded devotion to spreading the good news. Now, many people naively think that marriage will solve all their problems. Here's some problems marriage won't solve. Number one, loneliness. Number two, sexual temptation. Yeah, that doesn't go away just because you're married. Number three, satisfaction of one's deepest emotional needs. And four, elimination of life's difficulties. Sometimes being married compounds those difficulties... It's better because two of you are facing the difficulties now. Marriage alone does not hold two people together, but commitment does. Committing to Christ and to each other despite conflicts and problems is a wonderful way of working out character, which, of course, God wants to build into each of us. As wonderful as it is, marriage does not automatically solve every problem. Whether married or single, we've got to be content with our situation and focus on Christ not loved ones to solve our problems. We'll read here today that Paul urges all believers to make the most of their time before Christ's return. Every person in every generation should have this sense of urgency about telling the good news to others. Life is short, no matter how long we live. Paul urged the believers to not regard marriage, home, or financial security as the ultimate goals of life. Now, some single people feel tremendous pressure to be married. They think their lives can be complete only with a spouse. But Paul underlined one advantage of being single: the potential of a greater focus on Christ and his work. If you're unmarried, use your special opportunity to serve Christ wholeheartedly. There is great joy and satisfaction in doing that. And now let's begin today's reading here in the New Testament. August 12th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 25 through 40. Now regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married, I, Paul, do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. Because of the present crisis, I think it is best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, Do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I am trying to spare you those problems. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives, should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please Him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities And how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best, with as few distractions as possible. But if a man thinks that he is treating his fiancee improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not a sin. But if he has decided firmly not to marry, and there is no urgency, and he can control his passion. He does well not to marry. So the person who marries his fiancée does well, and the person who doesn't marry does even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. If her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. But in my opinion, it would be better for her to stay single, and I think I am giving you counsel from God's Spirit when I say this. And now in our reading of the book of Psalms for today it'll come from Psalm chapter 32 verses 1 through 11. This psalm is a sequel to Psalm 51. Here David expresses the joy of forgiveness. God had forgiven him for the sins he'd committed against Bathsheba and Uriah. And this is another of the penitential that is, repentance psalms where the writer confesses his sins to God. You know God wants to forgive sinners. Forgiveness has always been part of his loving nature. He announced this to Moses, he revealed it to David, and he dramatically showed it to the entire world through Jesus Christ. Well, these verses here in Psalms uh, convey several aspects of God's forgiveness. Forgives transgression, he covers sin, removes guilt from our records and from our spirit. Paul quoted these verses up in Romans uh, chapter 4 and showed that we can have this joyous experience of forgiveness through faith in Christ. When you ask for forgiveness, you are confessing something. What is confession? To confess our sins is to agree with God, to acknowledge that He is right to declare it sin and that we are wrong to desire or to do it. It's to affirm our intention of abandoning that sin in order to follow Him more faithfully. You know, when you've hurt someone, it's very freeing to receive his or her forgiveness. When God forgives us, He clears the record of our wrongs and takes away our guilt. We'll see that God describes some people as being stubborn as mules. We don't want to be like that. Rather than letting God guide them step by step, these folks stubbornly leave God only one option. If He wants to keep them useful for Him, He must use discipline and punishment like a bit in a mule's mouth. God longs to guide us with love and wisdom rather than punishment. He offers to guide us along the best pathway for our lives. So, accept the advice written in God's Word and don't let stubbornness get in the way. Psalm 32, verses 1-11, through a Psalm of David Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Interlude Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Interlude Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Interlude The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey Him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure." Proverbs chapter 21, verses 5 through 7. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Wealth, created by a lying tongue, is a vanishing mist and a deadly trap. The violence of the wicked sweeps them away because they refuse to do what is just.